Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas. The New York Jets just can't keep themselves out of the back pages. They fire their general manager today, and Adam Gase is the interim GM. And I just, I would tell you I don't believe it, but I believe it. The Jets just, you know, this has been a current theme that you and I have had on this show over the last couple of weeks about well-run teams and poorly run teams. Please put the Jets down as one of the worst-run franchises in the NFL. Yeah, this goes back to the point that we were making to an opening segment yesterday. All you Giants fans already want to abandon your team, and the Jets have had to deal with this for years, and their fans have stayed there. So, yeah, look, it's not a surprise. Well, look, it was a surprise when we found out today a little bit because there's been reports of a rift between the coach and the GM. In fact, they had a press conference, I believe it was Friday, where Adam Gase came out and said he was pissed off about – the rumors and where did it come from? And then what happened several days later, uh, the GM is ousted. So it's clear that these guys didn't see eye to eye. Uh, you're starting to hear some reports come out. You got to be careful, though, of what, what is said. You know, I'm sure McCannon is going to f- float a lot of things out there now. But obviously, one of the reports was Gase was not happy with the Le'Veon Bell contract and the C.J. Mosley contract, not wanting to spend a lot of money. But Gase is the interim GM for now. And... You know, they just hired him, and uh, he's going to be the guy that they stick with for now. But, it, but you know, but, we've seen this before, but it doesn't make sense to let him. It makes no him, sense. It doesn't let – but, again, no, are well, they Let me ask you this. Why, why, why do you, you, you hire a coach, right? You get rid of Todd Bowles. It's time to bring in a new coach. Isn't it obvious to everybody now? Maybe not back then, but it is now. Why did you pick a coach that the general manager and the ownership obviously didn't agree on? How could you not get in a room and say, we all like the same guy? Why would you put them at odds to each other? Did you really not like McCagnan either and you wanted him gone? It makes no sense to me. Look, this happens in all areas of life. Probably what happened was, yes, Gase was not his first choice. Ownership wanted Gase. They said, okay, we really like Gase. That's going to be our hire. you got to find a way to work with him. And then when they got together... They could not work together. So let me they ask you a question. Should the general this. manager have quit at that time? Should he have said, you know what? If you can't give me my coach, then this isn't the right spot for me. I would have loved that. Well, you, he could have, but how? there's only 32 GM jobs in the NFL. They're hard to get. Would you have done that? You know what? Knowing I, that you might not get another job? Yes. And, and I'll tell you, I, I can't go into it, but I will tell you that I did something like that in real life where I just knew it wasn't the right fit for me with somebody else. And I just it was like, look, it's me and I'm not. I can't, I can't, it can't be, I can't be either way. And you know what? It's a risk you take and maybe it doesn't pay off or maybe it does. But look, I think anybody, maybe, I don't know why the Jets haven't figured this out. Adam Gay is terrible. He is terrible. He's a terrible talent evaluator. He's a terrible coach. He's awful. 
Don't you think everybody in Miami's happy he's gone? But the Jets bring him in. The dude has the worst uh, press conference in the history of, of mankind. And if I'm the general manager, I want no part of this. Yeah, look, I didn't like the hire either. He hasn't shown anything to deserve that opportunity, and especially to get this much power for now. We know that they will be actively seeking a GM, but uh, I didn't think that he deserved to get the job either. And I, I didn't think it was a good hire because he, what has he really proven? And then you take him from a division rival who got rid of him? Right, that made no sense. Look, I think this guy had a good run in Denver, but he also worked with Peyton Manning. If you worked with Peyton Manning, Adam, as his offensive coordinator, you'd be a genius too. The guy. Oh, now you're you insulting better. me. You're no, saying, no, I know he, what you mean. Peyton no, will make and, anybody good look good. I know that. I know that. I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so he make and, and then Peyton goes. Gase was good. Why? Because he you told him what to do, Peyton. You were basically running the offense, and Gase was smart enough to shut up. Then he go. I mean, look, there are so many reports. Go read the Sports Illustrated article where Jarvis Landry walked into Gase's office and said, hey, coach, I want to talk to you about the offense. And Gase was like, F off. Get out of my office. Come on. Yeah, I hate that. Like, you should be listening to players. You know, you have to show that they're important. And it doesn't mean you have to instill what they tell you, but you should be having that open relationship where a player feels they can come talk to you and maybe a change they suggest works. Yeah, Maybe I mean, Jarvis Landry's out there. He knows what's going on. Jarvis Landry is one of the top, I don't know, I would argue 15 receivers in terms of maybe not the production, but in terms of how I athletically, he would know how to get open. He would know who's covering him or not. How do you not listen to that? Look, we've seen many players leave a team, go into a new system and thrive. But did Damian Williams look anything like this in Miami? Uh, of course Drake, not. Kenyon Drake never got the opportunities. Whenever he touched the ball, he was really good. Uh, Devontae Parker seems to be a real talented player. Maybe it is Devontae Parker and he doesn't do enough, but he didn't do anything to help him get better. So there was a lot of things that didn't go right in Miami. And there's a, there's a lot of pressure in Miami because obviously that's the team they care about down there from a pro sports perspective. But, man, in New York, uh, the spotlight's even brighter. And oh. you saw that press conference. And, and last week he was wearing a hat to cover his eyes, too. Do, which I think do, he would you blame him? Yeah, you I blame think, him? I think a, he, he did that in Miami, too, if I'm not mistaken. He should have. But I'll, I'll tell you this. When you got into Gase's doghouse, you didn't get out. That was the thing down here. Everybody knew that once you were on, a, you know, you couldn't get out because he just hated you. He, do you remember a couple of years ago that Jay didn't even make the plane against Seattle? He yes. didn't even make the trip. Yeah, And then he played him begrudgingly, and the guy runs for 200 yards. He couldn't take him out of the lineup. How stupid can you be? And the Jets are putting all their eggs into this basket. It's just, I, I don't know, as bad as, I, I, as bad as Dave Gettleman is, and oh boy, is he bad, uh, the Jets are worse. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not good right now. And, uh, you know, we usually don't see the GM get canned this late, but we did see this with Gettleman with Carolina in July of 2017. So. Well, Gettleman was bad, and you said something that's always resonated with me, the whole D'Angelo Williams. Remember he said, you're going to realize how bad this guy is? Yeah, yeah. He was bad. Yeah. But, he, but the Jets draft this year, the Jets draft was actually pretty good. I mean, well, most that, people who know would tell you the Jets draft was pretty solid. Look, and that's why I think that this rift probably got bad, because we can sit here and everyone's going to say, what is wrong with the Jets? How can they let this guy draft? How can they let this guy spend money in free agency, build a team, and then all of a sudden let him go? I think from an ownership perspective, whether it's right or wrong, they felt, all right, look, guys, you got to make this work. And you know how it is. There's sometimes there at work in your job, 
you, there's always someone you don't get along with. And unfortunately, these are two guys that had to work together for hours a day, and I guess it just didn't work. And they said, you know what? We got to cut the cord now before it festers even longer. We've already dealt with this. And I, I guess at the time... So in January, so that's the other question too, okay? So say they didn't get along immediately. Do you get rid of the GM in January right before the draft when he's done no, all, the, you all, the, do all the scouting reports and everything? But, you know, let January, me ask you, February? but let me ask you a different question. Do you really think Adam Gase lasts in New York more than three years? I mean, well, I would say two, well, but Mo, there's no way he's a long-term guy. Look, so you're protecting a guy who's got no future with you. Well, they're not looking at it from that perspective. They're well, looking maybe at they it. Should well, they're not. I mean, they hired him, so they think that he is their answer. And they, the GM's been around a few years already, so they're looking at it whether we agree or not. I'm just telling you what their perspective is. They're saying he is our guy, and we believe in him. Most people think it's wrong, and they'll find out. And most coaches don't last more than three years in the NFL anyway. Nowadays, I mean, how about McCagnan making that move for Sam Darnold last year? That was genius. It's a great oh, it, move. It fell into his lap, to be honest. Nobody moved up from six to three. Okay. Hey, and then, he was smart enough to do that. He knew he was going to get a quarterback. So he put the Jets in a position to get a quarterback. He goes and he gets the Jets a running back. And you can say whatever you want about Le'Veon Bell. You cannot talk about his production. It is absolutely phenomenal. He gets the Jets a guy, and a linebacker who's a difference maker in Mosley. They go out and they get Williams and they get polite. This team, at least before today, at least to me, you're sitting there going, all right, maybe the Jets, something good's happening here. I don't know if it's going to be great, but something good feels like it's close yeah i mean they're improved no question about it uh whether they're able to be a playoff contender is another story look i think they thought they were on to something you have darnold you have bell you got robbie anderson you got jamison crowder who i thought was a really good pickup that guy just was injured but he was a really good player you've got you know you've got some stars there jamal adams you got something going on and you bring in a coach who's got no clue i'm telling you this team chemistry is going to be garbage and if this team goes six and ten it wouldn't shock me anymore yeah, it could easily flop. I mean, Bell's not a guarantee to come back and be productive either. And, and if Gase doesn't, I mean, he likes him as a player, but what, imagine his first fumble or his first bad game. All of a sudden, are they starting to bring other guys in? We'll see a little time Montgomery. I'd be that. I'd be stunned if that happens. Like uh, Le'Veon Bell's the guy that you feed the football. I mean, look throughout his career, and I understand it was Pittsburgh, and it's a different system, and he's taking a year off. But you can't be that disciplined with Bell that if he fumbles in the first game that you bench him that would he and, would and, get and Bell, ripped in New York and Bell is not normal dude when I say that he's one of those guys you're not always going to get him to come to every practice you're not always going to you got to give him a very long leash is Adam Gase capable of that because Lev Bell needs to be Lev Bell the great ones are like that. You know that, Adam, especially in football. As long as a guy comes to play on Sunday, you don't worry about what they do during the week. Is Gase going to be able to handle that? I don't know. I mean, Bell, again, had the year off. Uh, so and we, I think there's still some questions with him. I do, too. You know, what kind you of shape you take, is he You in? taking him at a pick eight in the first round? You taking Bell? Uh, maybe. I'm not. So you you think he's going to flop? No, but I'm going to take just, him at pick eleven. I'm going to take him at pick eleven or twelve. So you don't think he's going to be the? He's not going to be as productive. I mean, it's tough to produce what he did in Pittsburgh, but it is a new system. You're it asking me to trust Darnold team. and the Je and Gase and the Jets. It's hard for me to do that. Can't do that. Yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, 
rough for me to do it too. I mean, I will draft Bell, and I probably look if I'm taking pick eleven. I guess I'll take Levy on Bell, but at eight, when I can have DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or somebody like that, maybe Melvin Gordon. I'm not gonna pass up on those guys. Yeah, I I don't know if Bell's gonna last that long. I think people are gonna some people are gonna take him earlier. Where do we? Okay, that draft and go. Let's see. He went. I can't find it anymore. But he went. I I think it was late in that first round. Did he? Okay. I, I've seen yeah. some people taking him in the top eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I, I'm not prepared to do that. I'm not prepared to do that. Yeah, no, I, 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 there's I, definitely question marks with him. Look, we know we have the four running backs, right? The four great ones. Would you not take, would you take Melvin Gordon first? Yes. Gordon was really good last year. I mean, he just breaks a ton of tackles. He catches a lot of passes, a little bit younger. I like, I know I kind of say it the last few years, but I like the Chargers again. They I have know. a really good defense too, man. With, with the really defense. good. Would you take it's, David Johnson over Bell? Yes. You know you would. Yeah. So you take Gordon and Johnson. Would you take Dalvin Cook? I don't think you need to based on what I've seen so far. Like, I think okay, I'm, just giving, I'm giving you guys. Would, right, you, take, no. would you take James Conner? No, I think I would take Bell. Would you take Gurley? No. <laughs> All right. So would you take DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I might do that. I think, I think Hopkins is safer. I know we're in an environment now where we want to try and get that good running back early, but you might be able to get Hopkins and come back with Dalvin Cook. Cook or Mixon. Right. Would you take, yeah. would you take Devontae Adams? I think so. I like Adams a lot this year. Would I might actually... Take- I might actually rank Adams my number one wide receiver. I haven't done rankings yet, but he's in. That would be pretty good. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you there. How about Juju? Is he a first-rounder? Would you take him over Bell in that I jet offense? No, I don't think he's a first-rounder. Would you take Julio? I might. Beckham? No. All right, so we agreed on six running backs for sure and maybe two receivers. So now Bell is number nine. Yeah, and then we could argue Connor Gurley, depending on your you know tolerance for BS. I yeah. might take Connor first, dude. I might take Connor over Bell. I'm over might. Bell, okay. Yeah, on that offense with Ben. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of people think like this offense is going to drop off. I don't see it. I mean, I know they lost. First of all, they went through last year without Le'Veon Bell. They were fine. You right. take Brown away, fine. You got Juju. You still have some good other receivers in Vance McDonald and James ben. Washington's very good. And, you got to think Ben is pissed too because the people are going to start saying, well, no Brown, no Bell, Ben is done. He's going to come in with a fire to show that he can still win without these guys. Oh, for sure. And look, that was another one where they had to choose between Ben and the rest of the team. They chose Ben. So ben, you're right. Ben, ben, I think he's a very interesting player this year in fantasy. Well, Brown kind, of for, motivated. Brown kind of forced their hand, though. He yeah, but did. Brown basically called Ben out for being a jerk. He's like, there's like a double standard here. And there is. Yeah, I mean, Brown didn't help his cause, though, with what he did. I mean, look, they all had egos. Except Juju, by the way, who's the seems like the for nicest n- guy ever. For now, let's see. I mean, we th- didn't we think that about Brown for a while? Did we ever Did you watch see him any- on Twitter? He's always, like, going to kids' that hospitals oh, I know. I know. and he, buying shoes for people. I love this guy. He's smart, and he's marketing himself well. But remember, was Antonio Brown ever a problem for most of his career? I don't recall him. He seemed fine, right? No, he, he, was, always, right, he was always arrogant, but he was never a bad guy. Right, and then all of a sudden, it's like a heel turn, like it was wrestling. 
Yeah, that was crazy. He went from uh, face to heel quickly. All right, can you go from zero to a million quickly? Jeff Burgess will be talking PJ DFS right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 Make it rain. The minute that uh, it was announced to Pelicans, he was obviously not happy. He was really hoping for the Knicks like everybody else, but that didn't come to fruition. And who knows? Could Zion's people turn around and be like, yeah, trade us uh, because we're not coming to play for uh, New Orleans. I don't know if we've ever had that in basketball. It's kind of a football thing. Could Zion be the guy to start that trend? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. It's full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto, and you guys know it's time to be a millionaire. And maybe we will be a millionaire this week if we win a PGA DFS. It's the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black. And I'm on with my friend Jeff Bergerson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. Are you ready to be a millionaire? I'm ready, Doc. This is a great event, great golf course, a lot of big contests on DraftKings. So this is a great week. All right, before we get started with the players, I do have to say I really don't like the top-heavy tournament here. One million to first place, and then it drops to 100,000 for second. Is there a reason they can't give like a 250,000, 150? Why not divide the love a little bit here? I would prefer that, too. I think the million up top is just you can, you know, flash and advertise your a million to first, which is sexy, but that dropped down significantly. Like, if you take 10th, out of 176,000 people, you got to want more than $7,000 on a $20 buy-in. I, so I couldn't agree I, with you more. You know, so I'm not going to do a whole lot in there, but there are a ton of other great cons that they have. Um, one that I really like, Doc, is they have one called the Mini Max. It's a 50-cent entry, right? Um, but you can win up to, I think, four grand this week. But you can do a lot of lineups. You could do 100 lineups or 150 lineups. For 75 bucks, 
Give yourself a chance to build a lot of lineups around a core. Do what the big guys do, the high-volume guys. That's what they're doing, building 150 lineups. Give yourself a good chance if you hit your core, uh, but it allows smaller bankrolls to compete. I like that. I always do the 20-entry max one, Jeff. I'm like, for 80 bucks, I'll take my chances. If I win, it's 50K. I mean, it's not a million, but I can still pay some bills with that. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's a great contest this week, too. And everything's up this week as far as prizes because it is a major. All right, so let's get started. Let's take a look at the field. So at, before we look at the field, let's talk about lineup construction. Talk me out of why would I not do a Tiger Johnson, Tiger Kepka? Why is Stars and Scrubs not going to make me rich this week? Uh, the names down in the 6 and low 7K range are good because it is a major. You're getting the top players in the world. However, this is a grueling golf course. Gorse. Beth Page Black is tough. Um, and oftentimes when you see on very, very difficult courses, the lesser guys have a hard time competing and keeping up. Now, certainly there will be a handful of these guys that are, that are able to compete and will probably be up toward the leaderboard. However, it's trying to find those guys that makes it difficult. And lesser golf courts, like last week, we saw tons of these 6 and 7K guys up at the leaderboard. But when you get on tough courses with tough conditions, it gets a little bit more difficult. So that's the argument for having try to get three or four higher quality guys and maybe stay in that 8 and 9K range with a more balanced approach than going two studs and then the rest in the low 7, 6K range. All right, fair enough. I like that plan there. Okay, Tiger Woods, we all saw him at the Masters. He hasn't played. He's coming back for the PGA. Is this a smart, I'm on Tiger, or is this like, look, I think you're spending a lot of money for a guy who probably is not going to win two in a row? Yeah, I would, I, I'm going with that approach. I don't own any Tiger this week. He's the most expensive, and that's dictated by, you know, they use their algorithm, DraftKings, that is off of Vegas odds. He's clearly very popular in the betting community. Everyone's out to put money on Tiger Woods. So he gets that 11300 price tag this week, which is more than Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, which is a little bit off to me. I, that doesn't really make much sense. Uh, so I'm going to steer away from Woods, and also because I'm going to stay more of a balanced approach this week myself. All right, let's get to the – we'll still talk about the three top guys, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka. I mean, look, I think all these guys are in play. You seem to want to drop down in price, but make an argument for why I want to play with those three guys. Yeah, it's, a, it's tough to make an argument not to play any of those three guys. Kepka is, is a major stud, shows up in majors, and, and we've seen that multiple times now. And he's the least expensive of these three guys. He's probably going to be the, most, the highest owned of these three guys as well. So that's the downside. Uh, I would personally give it to DJ by a hair of these three, but it's not. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. I would just edge with DJ. He's done it more consistently over the years, so I would give him a slight edge. All right. Are there certain golfers, Jeff, who this course doesn't fit? Like, I'll just use one here, maybe Molinari, considering this is a bomber's course. It's very long, and Molinari is more of a precision player and not necessarily a bomber. Are there any guys like that that maybe you take off your list because they just don't fit? Probably not in the upper um, dollar range. I think they all can compete. Uh, Molinari's sneaky long. You don't think of him as a long ball hitter, but he gets it off the tee just fine. And he's competed on long golf courses too. I'm okay with Molinari. I'm not super high on him. I would prefer to go with Justin Rose, who's slightly more. 
more expensive than him by 200 or John Rahm, who is 200 less. But um, I, I don't think I don't think he can't compete. And there's no one who just can't because of the, the course layout this week. All right. I find like Jason Day is such a big, big time player when he's good. Maybe he could be the best golfer in the world, but sometimes he's very off. He's not always healthy. Um, he's in that price range with uh, Shoffley and DeChambeau. Do you like Day? Do you like DeChambeau? Shoffley always shows up in majors. Which of those guys do you like? I kind of like Day. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard much buzz about Day this week at all, Doc? No, which is why I like him. when I don't hear buzz, it makes me interested. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of surprised by that because that price is awfully low for Jason Day. Uh, shows up in majors um, in the two. So this this tournament has been played at F Page Black, two Barclays events in 2012-2016. Um, on this course, Jason Day took fourth in 2016, took 24th in 2012. He can compete on these really difficult courses. He's a great scrambler, awesome short game. And his irons have been much better over the past 16 rounds. If you look at his stats closely, they started out really poor at the start of the year, but they're improving. So you add a good approach game, good iron game with his elite putting and short game, uh, it could could mean a, a big finish this week. All right. It's amazing to think that Jordan Spieth is $8,600. And if I'm new to this game and I'm scrolling down, I see Spieth at 86. Shouldn't I play him? I mean, couldn't I get Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth on the same team? Or is that just fool's gold? Uh, I'm, I've been out on Spieth for about a year now. We talk about him just about every week. Like, is this the week? And I'm just not ready to jump in because you have way players who are playing way better at his price or lower this week. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he, at some point, he will rebound. Uh, you know, you ask about players that don't necessarily uh, fit perfectly on this course. I would probably say him, actually, because uh, he doesn't have that great long game. And if you look at his stats, nothing's really going right outside of his putter is kind of back the last eight rounds. So that, that is promising. It's just everything else, else in his game has been really bad. All right, let me talk about a couple of guys who are very intriguing to me. Patrick Cantlay at 8,200, Adam Scott at 8,100, crappy putter of a great striker of the ball, and Bubba Watson to me. Those three guys, Jeff, I see it at a price range that any one of those guys could win this tournament. Totally agree with you, and that's the argument for going with a balanced approach is you get guys like this who can, can easily win this tournament at the average pr- price. So you can get six guys right around this range here. I like all, those, all three of those guys you just mentioned. The argument against Cantley would be, I think he's going to be the extreme chalk this week in the 8K range at 8,200. That's just a very low price. So if you're playing cash games, I'd lock him in at 8,200. I mean, that's a great value. If you want to try and pivot off of him, you could go to Adam Scott, who took fourth at Beth Page in 2016. Bubba Watson actually finished 13th in 2016 and 10 in 2012 on this same golf course. Normally, he doesn't play well on difficult, grueling courses, but he has on this one. Uh, so I like him as well. All right. There's another guy who I think we're getting a real bargain on. Henry, Henrik Stenson. Sometimes there are tournaments where he's like 11000 You're getting him for less than $8,000. He's not a big hitter, but he's proficient with the three-wood. He's a great iron player. Is he what we call sneaky this week? Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely get him at low ownership. He could be single digits this week, so it could be a contrarian-type play. I'm not real high on him. Not much is clicking with his game. He hasn't been great uh, at Quail Hollow a couple of weeks ago. He took a 28th 
And that's kind of a comparison course that I'm using this week. He's just been okay so far this year. Had a great finish, really. Um, so I'm off of him this week. But if, if you wanted to own, let's say, 15%, which wouldn't be a huge investment, you're probably going to be, well, maybe 2x over the field. So it's not a, not a terrible play. All right, we're talking to Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. You want to learn everything about PGA DFS, that's where you go. All right, Jeff, Webb Simpson, Jason Cockrack, two guys who are uh, – Cockrack has been very hot this season, and Webb has been up and down, but we know his ability. Are these guys that you're targeting this week at 7,600? Yeah, both of them, absolutely. That's a phenomenal price for both guys. Uh, Simpson has just been steady, and he's actually been coming on the last couple of events – Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow, he took T18. Uh, I like him a lot this week, and Gokrak has been good most of the season. Now, he had kind of a disappointing outing last time out at Wells Fargo, but before that, the guy hasn't missed a cut in 2019. Uh, there's something to be said for that, but he's also had some upside as well. He has four top tens this year, so everything's clicking with him. Uh, he took seventh here at Beth Page in 2016, Make, it makes total sense for uh, any type of roster construction, really. All right, as we move downward, we look at guys like Cabrera Bello and Joel Dahman and Lucas Glover, guys that we've talked about on this show repeatedly. Are any of those guys capable of pulling off a, an upset here? Yeah, I, I don't know if they can win. Lucas, Although Lucas Glover did win the U.S. Open when it was at this course, which is, just blows my mind. Um, but yeah, I think all three of them are fine. I would probably lean toward Cabrera Bayo as having the highest ceiling out of those three you just listed. And I do have exposure to him. Uh, you could own a little bit of Glover too. He's had a great season, a uh, ball striker. And what's, what's good about Glover is normally his putting is atrocious. That's actually improved this season a lot. So, uh, that's not a bad mix for 7,300. All right, let's move down to about 10,000, 7,100. You've got names like Johnny Vegas, Grio, who performed well here at the Barclays. You've got Barragard. You've got Peters. You've got a lot of guys that, you know, could have some value there. Are there any names in that range that you're really interested in? Yeah, Vegas I like a lot, but I think he's going to be probably pretty popular because he's been playing so well. He's long off the tee. He had success here in 2016. Um, so if you want to be a little bit of a contrarian, I would probably lean toward I'm kind of high on Thomas Peters, and nobody's talking about him. Uh, he is long off the tee, great putter, has played mostly on the European Tour uh, this year. The only event he's played on the PGA Tour was Byron Nelson uh, last week, took 23rd, looked pretty good, shot 70, 66, 69, 67 in his four rounds. He's kind of sneaky to me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you could go with, like, an Eddie Pepperell at 6,900, Jorge Campillo at 6,900. These are primarily European guys that no one really knows about over here. And when you play like the Millie Maker, that's the casual, a lot of casual fans in there, and they're not going to know these European guys. So you could just have a sprinkle of several of them, and if one of them pops, then it might give yourself a good shot. Yeah, I use Matt Wallace. I remember at the Honda, he was good. Juice yep. Luton's always a guy that I look at. Uh, yep. Tom Lewis I played. Ryan Fox is a big old hitter from New Zealand. Uh, are there any other Europeans lower down that you're interested in? Yeah, Eric Van Ruyen is a really solid player. I watched the European uh, tour very closely, and he's been very good this year. He's at 6,700. I think that's a decent play. David Lipsky at 6,500. Now, he's actually from America, but he plays primarily on the European tour. 
He's been very good lately. He's actually coming off of two straight top fives on the Euro Tour. Uh, so I, I think you could take a nibble of him. And now I'm just talking about owning him on, you know, 10% of your rosters is all. Uh, the other one would be Julian Surrey. Has not played a ton in 2019. Didn't, but he, go to, didn't played, he go to Duke? Didn't Julian Surrey uh, go to Duke? I believe he did. Yeah. yeah okay. And he's been outstanding this year. And he is long off the tee. He's a big-time talent. I wish I would have seen more of him this year to make me feel a little more confident. But 6,400, really a top 25, is easily going to provide value for you. So it's definitely worth a shot. All right. So we're constructing our team. First guy you're putting on your team that you feel like, I, I want to build around him is who? The, the highest price hire, the guy who I have most of. Guy you have most of. Who are you starting your team with? Um, going with Ricky Fowler, actually, at 9300 um, He That's a really, really fair price for him, and I think he has just as much upside as most everybody above him, maybe outside Dustin Johnson and Rory, uh, but he's down at 9300 so I will be on, I will have the most exposure to him. All right, my next guy for you, uh, who would you, where do you look next? So you're constructing your team, you're starting with Ricky. Are you going to stay in the 9,000s? What are you going to do with your next guy? Who is next? Yeah, yeah, we talked about Jason Day, and I think that's a pretty solid one-two punch is Fowler Day right there. And those two guys on a roster still leaves you with 7,900 on average for the rest of your four guys. And then you throw in a Cantlay, a Bubba, a Adam Scott, who we talked about. That is a, and maybe a uh, Webb Simpson. But that is a solid, solid team in cash games or GPPs. All right, so let's say I do that. Boom, I did that. I have Fowler, Day, Cantlay, Watson, Simpson, and I've got 7,900. Who do you like? This is a tough range because I think it always comes down to this. The Cockrack, Woodland, Poulter, Kisner, Oosthuizen, Stenson. Is there a guy in that range you like? Out of those, um, I would lean toward Poulter or Cockrack would be my favorites. Now, you also, we didn't even talk about Sergio Garcia at 7900 is just a crazy price. And we see him push down when we get these loaded fields. But you throw Sergio on there, that's a, that's a heck of a GPP team right there. All right, so Fowler, Day, Cantlay, Bubba, Webb, Garcia. Did we just win somebody a million dollars right there? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? And then we could split it like other ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I'd take it, right? It's better than not splitting anything, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so give me a name that nobody knows about, but you do, and he, we're going to hear this name on Sunday, and we're going to say it's like your Max Homa guy. Who's your Homa pick? I, I, I'm going to say Thomas Peters at 7,000. I think he's got a lot of upside. Now, he's a GPP-type player. Don't go locking him in on your cash games, folks. Um, that is a GPP. High, high upside, pretty low downside as well. But uh, if we're looking to min win a million bucks, we want a guy who's going to be lower owned, but, but a huge ceiling. I'm going to say Peters. Is Ricky Fowler ready to win this tournament? I, you know, I think so, but I've, been, I, I've thought so for probably a couple of years now. Eventually, he's going to win one, Doc. It's, just, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to win a major. And, and as long as he's 9,300, I'm I'm happy because because you know there's a very very good chance he finishes top 15. Now if you take a Tiger Woods or a DJ or something and they finish 15th, you're like, uh, well that's not great. But at 9300, you can own three of those guys, and a, and a T15 wouldn't be all bad. So that's why I like Fowler so much. All right, my friend. I wish you much luck, and I hope you become my rich friend by this time next week. 
I'd be happy to chop it with you, Doc. <laughs> me too, me too. All right, Jeff Bergeson, Fantasy Golf Insider. Thanks so much for joining us as always. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Doc. All right, take care. All right, guys, remember, be out there. Go on DraftKings, go on FanDuel, go on Draft. It's PGA DFS, and you might be a millionaire. Jeff gave you a lot of information, and if you process it and enter the right teams, it's going to be very successful. All right, when we come back, we're going to do MLB DFS, the night slate. We'll return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, Nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from car liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. This franchise is a joke. There's a reason why they haven't won since 1969. They're the laughing stock of the NFL. Cleveland Browns no more. Dave Gettleman, he's laughing in his seat right now. Seeing what's going on with the New York Jets. Are you serious? He's the GM that should have been fired. And again, I don't even have a problem with Mike McCagney going, but do it the day after the season ends. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. The Warriors easily covered the seven and a half point spread on points bet last night, winning by 22. Did you get in on the easy money? Go to pointsbet.com backslash grid and open up a a points bet sports wagering account and enter the promo code grid, G-R-I-D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com backslash grid. Enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Pointsbet.com backslash grid. That's interesting. You would have been my rich friend last night, Ronis, if you were all in on the Warriors. I wasn't on the Warriors yesterday. Not uh, using that format, though. Uh, We had Frank on, and I had asked him if he liked Portland to cover the spread. He said, yes. I'm like, I like Golden State. A lot of the public money was on Portland, and I didn't understand why. Uh, I think, again, people are just not realizing how good this team is without Kevin Durant. Portland played an emotional, tough series on the road in Denver in the altitude. 
And I just didn't think they'd get two top games from Lillard and McCollum in game one. And the Warriors were more rested. And uh, I know seven and a half seems high, but when I saw a lot of the public money on Portland, I'm like, that just mag- uh, just solidified my pick of Golden State even more. So... Yeah, that was a great. That was a great. But I think a lot of times people look at the last game. Right, Portland comes off such a big emotional win over D- D- Denver. Dude, Golden State has only been a champion how many times now? They're that good. They are, and I just again, I think people forgot, and they're like, "Oh no, Durant, they're in trouble." No, man, they even got some good play off the bench. Jarepko played well, so uh, Curry was hitting his shots, and Clay. I just think Portland. Portland really did a bad job of defending, and I know they talked about it in the post-game interview. In fact, Terry Stotts got pretty upset because they were asking him, why were your big men staying off the key and not you know, in the face of Curry and Thompson? And you know, he was like, well, Houston did it. Did it work? No, okay. But they had Klay Thompson on the floor with four guys coming off the bench. And they still allowed Clay to get open looks. When Clay's on the floor with four bench guys, you got to make sure that he doesn't shoot the ball. You got to make sure he passes it into the hands of Quinn Cook and Livingston. Not that those guys are bad, but I want those guys taking shots if Clay Thompson's the only stud on the floor. I don't want Clay Thompson getting open looks with four bench players on the floor. And uh, that's that was part of the problem Look, for Portland. I, I like Portland. I told you that. I like Damian Lillard. I may have overrated them a little bit earlier. Earlier on in the playoff process, I just think that when you match these teams up, the Warriors win 95% of the time. It's not that the Trailblazers are not good. It's not that Lillard and McCollum are not stars. And they probably will win a game or two. But they just are not deep enough. You can't tell me Harkless and Aminu and Collins and Cantor are good enough to, to beat the Warriors, who have Steph, who's the probably one of the greatest five shooters in NBA history. Clay, who's right up there as well. Green, they're very well coached. I just don't see it. Look, I like Lillard a lot, but if you want to be regarded as one of the elite superstars, this is the time you have to play against Golden State. It's great what you did in the first round, but if you come out in this series and you don't do anything, I'm sorry, it's a mark on you, man. This is the measurement. It's Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. He's had two bad games in a row now. He did have a couple of key plays down the stretch in Game 7. It was C.J. McCollum who carried him. But if they don't get great games out of Lillard or McCollum, it's over. They can't, they can't win. Right. They can't just win. can't. So, right. look, I, I would like to see the series go deep, but I don't think so. I think Golden State is, is going to win this pretty easily. And uh, By the way, so DraftKings Sportsbook, they did a, a promo yesterday where it was a plus 514 if you took the Warriors to win the championship. Really? Yeah. It's a pretty good bet. Excellent bet. I mean, yeah, like 514? You know, wow. Unless, that's... Unless, unless they have uh, some intel that Durant's not coming back. But even if he doesn't. You know, even if he doesn't, I still think I, I would take that. 514? $100 yeah, I, wins me 514? Dude, I'd do that. Yeah, so, you know, wow. I, I think it was only for yesterday. Oh, yeesh. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, because it was 514, right? All yes. right, the, let's go to the night slate. The Mets against Washington. Wilmer Font, uh, he's the opener. Who's pitching this one, Ronas? No, he is. He's going to go three, four innings. He did last oh, good, start, too. Good for, good for him. All right, against Patrick Corbin, who's been lights out. Do we like Corbin? Can the Mets touch Corbin tonight? Uh, yeah, I think, he, I think you have to put him up there for sure because, you know, the Mets got uh, some, some left-handed bats that he can neutralize a little bit with Conforto. Although Conforto's been better against lefties. Cano just hasn't looked great. 
Uh, so, yeah, I think Corbin's in play tonight. He's pretty expensive, right. though. He is expensive. Milwaukee against Philadelphia. Gio Gonzalez against Jake Arrieta. I hate Gio Gonzalez as a general rule. Is this a game that he makes a decent start, though? I don't see it, man. I mean, Philly is tough in that ballpark. I know Gio's been good. He's got a 169 ERA and a .94 whip since coming over. Two of those starts came against the Mets, who just he's very good against. And I think his last thought, actually, I forgot who it was against. I think it was a, was it maybe Washington? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he's been good so far. But, man, I don't know. It's tr- I can't trust him against, uh, in that ballpark. And it should be warmer today. It is definitely here. Uh, in the New York, Jersey area, so I'm assuming yeah, it's 70, it 70 degrees, no rain. Yeah, uh, I, I can't go with you. All right, Tampa Bay against Miami, Jalen Clarence Beeks from Trading Places, and Jose Urena. So it's a seven and a half. Beeks is going to be the uh, primary guy who comes in. He's been really good. Do you like the Marlins at all against lefties more than you do against righty? Because they just stink. They suck. Uh, yeah, I like Beeks. Is he starting or is it Stanek? Stanek is starting, and then Beeks is going to right, come and then in. Beeks, and get, okay, like, the I thought you yeah. said Beeks was starting. Um, no, he's the primary. primary. Right. Yeah, he's the yeah, primary. Yeah, definitely like him for sure, you know. Uh, and maybe Stanek goes two, and then that allows Beeks to go five. Either way, you know, he's going to be in a good spot to get the win. They're a heavy favorite, minus 175. Look, you just got to keep picking on the Marlins. I know there's going to be times where it doesn't work out, but uh, you got to like Beeks tonight. Okay, Colorado against Boston. Herman Marquez against Eduardo Rodriguez. It's a nine total. Do you like Marquez on the road or you like him more at Colorado? I mean, of course you like him better on the road, but you know, he's going up against a pretty tough Boston lineup that's hit. I know they didn't explode yesterday. It was a little cold, but uh I like Rodriguez, man. Uh we've seen how the Rockies struggle on the road. We saw Chris Dale strike out seventeen yesterday. They struggle against lefties. Uh, so I like uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, liked him before the year. I know he's been up and down, but he's had a little bit of poor luck. But uh, I like Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. All right, the Astros against Detroit, Adam. Justin Verlander against Gregory Soto. Houston's a minus 370. Oh, my God. <laughs> 10 is the total. Minus 370. It's not even worth betting on. I mean, do you literally just have to go back to the Astros and say Springer, Bregman, Correa, Diaz, load them up? Yeah, I know it seems too easy. It's a no-brainer, but, I mean, look who they're going against. The guy who's coming up from double-A, and uh, the Astros are just destroying uh, everyone right now. Another uh, high offensive performance last night. Springer had an inside-the-park home run. I mean, he is ridiculous. I wrote about him the other day, and uh, also his numbers are so similar to Yelich. If you ask those people who's having a better year, like, oh, Yelich, easily, they're similar. Springer... You know who's most pissed off about George Springer right now, Doc? Adam Ronos. No, the people who drafted Springer in the second round last year. Because this is what oh, they want. Oh, right, right. Because he dropped him. Right. He, he was going the fourth. I got him in the right. sixth round of a draft this year. Yeah, his stock really fell. And I understand. I, I understood it because when you looked at Springer, you said, okay, maybe his ceiling was two years ago when the ball was flying out of the ballpark because the Still power really player. dropped off last year. He's hitting leadoff. And the one thing, too, this is something that I saw in the spring that I paid attention to. They talked about him running more. And Springer's always had the ability to run. He, he, people, when he came up, thought he could be 30-30. And if you look at his minor league numbers, he stole a lot of bases. Now, the last several years at the major league level, he was terrible because he was basically around 50%. So if you're on the Astros and they're that good offensively, why do you want a guy getting caught stealing? You're going to say, dude, stop, man. 
you're preventing big innings. We got big bats behind you. Don't run. But he worked on it in the spring, and he's not running a lot, but he's got four steals and five He could attempts. get 10. He could get 10 or 12 by the end that, of the year, right? And I've always said it. That is valuable, man. If he gets 10 to 12, I mean, he had six last year, five the year before, but he had 16 back in 2016, uh, 2015. So... If he gets 10 to 12 with everything else that he's producing, because this clearly looks like it's going to be a career in power. His career high is 34. He's got 16. And even hitting a leadoff in the AL, he's got 39 RBIs. So, yeah, people got him in the fourth round this year are feeling really, really good about, uh, about Springer right now. I want to I, I see if I can find this for you because it was crazy when it happened. Give me I'm one not, was it a 12-team league? It was a, a draft champions league. Okay. Yeah, and it was, I think... It was it was early. I'm trying to get you know how you look. I'm looking for the draft board. Yeah, I think his, his stock fell, man, because I think, just think people uh, felt like six okay. six round, dude, in the twelve six round. Though, right? Twelve, uh, uh, no draft champion, fifteen teams. Nando and Vicaro were in my league. Oh, really? They I were, had the fourth pick. They wait, had the fifteenth. Was that the league? Where, you know, they was they were sitting number one overall for a while. Was it, was it that league? I don't think so. I don't think they okay. They were. They it was like the first week. All right, no, they were sitting number one. As, I got like Springer as my first. Malik Smith went before Azuna, oh Dahl, Fam. I mean, are you kidding me? I got Springer in the sixth no, round. Wait, Fam, I understand. Uh, Malik Ozuna? Smith, Mal- dude, Malik Smith was my bust of the year on our yeah. preseason pro picks. Like, come on, oh, I'll man. give you, I'll give you Trout, Betts, Yelich, J.D. Acuna, Harper. Blackman, Benatendi, Judge Stanton. No problem there. Chris Bryant, Marte, Juan Soto, Bellinger, Hoskins, Kane, Pham, Dahl, Ozuna. Kane went in the second round? Fifth round. I'm, giving, I'm just going through all the second? guys. Fifth round. Fifth round. Oh, 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 okay. I'm giving you all the players who went. Then Pham, Dahl, then Ozuna in six, Malik Smith, then I get Springer. Yeah, man, that's a little surprising that he fell that far. Again, I think people were a little bit down on him because last year he had twenty two seventy one, he had two sixty five. So okay, not not a killer batting average, but not an asset. Twenty two home runs, where you're like, ah, eh. uh, the runs you knew were going to be good, and the RBIs were down a little bit. Remember, Houston's often struggled a little bit last year for a bit. They had some injuries, uh, and he's also missed games two straight years, but. Uh, I would never take Malik Smith ahead of him. I could see the argument for Fam and Ozuna. Ozuna early on. I liked Ozuna, but then when And Fam was going in front of him because of the steals. And Fam I mean, moved I up. Fam started yeah. going third, fourth round. So, yeah, I had no problem with Fam because Fam's going to give you more stolen bases. Springer will have more power, um, obviously. And the Rays' offense is not bad. It's not Houston, but it's not bad. It's very hard to win these leagues. I'm in seventh. Uh, Nando's team is in <coughs> 15th. Uh, but oh, the so point it's not is- that league then. They have a, <laughs> it's they not have, that league. They had a league where they were number one overall for a good month. I haven't checked it, it lately. It's just so hard because, you know, you're talking about you can't make any changes. You know, you're, you're, you've got to draft very well. And you get injuries. I mean, I have a few injuries, and that's saying there's nothing you can do. It's over. Yeah, there's sometimes on certain weeks where you really have no option. You have to roll with a bench player in a starting spot. You might not have enough pitchers with the injuries that have occurred. Yeah. So, you know, to me, those are more getting ready for the season. It's better than Correct. a mock draft. And you also have the opportunity, if things work out, that you can cash out. But it was the just... best it was the best way for me to get draft prep because you know at that point I was all in on football. I didn't know I didn't even remember who played baseball at that point. Doing that one draft changed everything. Yeah, for sure. So that's why I like it too and I will always do a couple. I think it's worth it. And you know, hopefully you cash on one and if you do, you can make a profit or potentially break even. All right, three more quick games here. St. Louis against Atlanta. Waka against Soraka. 
Uh, nine and a half. Yeah, Walker just, just looked bad this year, so no interest in him. Uh, Soroka's interesting. Austin Riley, interesting. Backs. Like Austin yeah, Riley tonight? He's getting the call up uh, today with Ender Inciarte going on the injured list. All right, Texas against Kansas City. Uh, Texas is a slight favorite, but Kansas City's loading up that lineup. Merrifield, Nicky Lopez batting two, Mondesi three. They're going speed, speed, speed. Kill him with speed in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, yesterday it made sense. It was Shelby Miller, but Mike Miners pitched really well, so uh, don't like him as much today. All right, then San Diego against the Dodgers. Matt Strom against Kenta Maeda. I, I always like Maeda, but he doesn't go deep into games. Uh, it's just he, he's been inconsistent this year. Uh, I always like Maeda, too. He definitely has a, a great arm. Uh, Strom could be interesting. Uh, he's actually gone at least six innings uh in several of his starts. So uh, I think either pitcher is in, in play here. I don't think so it's going to be a high-scoring game. So who you gonna, who's your, who are your two pitchers on DK tonight? Beeks? I like Beeks. And, I mean, how do you not like Verlander, man? I mean. <laughs> you know you're going to get the win. Yeah. But you're going to pay a and lot. He, you're going to pay a lot. But I guess Beeks is cheap. You're going to get a lot of cheap, right? Uh, I didn't see his price. I got it. I would think he's around in the seven area, right? I would think. All right, let me see here. Um, Seven or eight. I can never find it when I need to, Ronis. All right, let's see. Um, Pitching-wise, Verlander is 11,000. Beeks is 7,600. Remember when he was like 4,000 at one point? Yeah, I think they know now the deal that uh, he's actually going to pitch four or five innings and potentially get a win, so they've adjusted to that. Would you, I guess, I mean, Strom is 8,900. Rodriguez is 8,200. I might do that. I could do Rodriguez Beaks. Yeah, I think I might be able to do that because once you do Verlander, you're literally getting Adam Ronas playing second base with a bad shoulder. Uh, well, no. I think you could have put together a solid lineup with Sale yesterday, right? And Sale was 10-8. All right, well, I mean, look, I always encourage people to see, try to put a lineup together with Verlander and then right. see if you like it. And then if don't, if you don't like it, see what you have to tweak around. You know, you, you always have to make compromises in life, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, uh, again, are going to look for the Houston bats. Uh, I used Aledmiz Diaz yesterday. He homered. He went up. He's 4,100 on DK. Still fine with him at that price. Correa's 48. Bregman is 53. Uh, so they're, they're pretty In FanDuel, pricey. let's see. FanDuel, Verlander is 12,000. That is just criminal, Adam. Uh, you can't even – can I get Beaks? I can't even get Beaks. I freaking hate FanDuel sometimes, dude. He's not a bad. He's not there. Let me see. He's probably got it all. I mean, I know the new. No, guy I can't get him. I can't get him. He's not in pitcher. He's not in all. I can't That's, get him. Yeah. Well, that happens. Why, why, why can't you just put everybody in? They just put the uh, starters in. I could get Ryan Stanek, but I can't get Jalen Beeks. Yeah, it makes no sense. And they didn't have the rookies yesterday either, right? Yeah. They do have Kirsten here now, right? Who runs this site? He's twenty four hundred on Fanduel. Oh yeah, he is twenty four hundred. Took him a day, but you got you you had you couldn't get him yesterday. Riley's probably not there. Of course, he's not there. Not there. Not <laughs> That's there. so bad, man. It's so bad. Nicky Lopez is there. He's twenty two hundred. Well, yeah. How could you? Why day. does it take you one day? Why? I want that one day advantage over Big Papa Gates and Chipotle Attic. Why can't I get that one day advantage? Why can't I get? Why can't I get Jalen Beats in there? How hard is it to put him in? I don't know, and this has been going on for a long time. So, like, the memo has not been received. I mean, people have been constantly complaining about this. Is it really that difficult to do? Like, what is the issue here? 
Look, I, my money is my money, and I will spend it in the way I want. And if you can't, if, I, if they can't, if I can't spend it at FanDuel, I'll spend it at DK. Yeah, you got a choice. You can do what you want. All right, this is Dr. Rhodes saying be well, take care. Stay tuned for hour number two of Full-Time Fantasy with Adam Ronas. Back after this.